That's such a meme of a computer. $60,000 for a computer. <laughs> yeah, because it's made for Pixar editors. All right, and welcome back to Unwrapping Success. The podcast, so, <laughs> I just got you off completely. <laughs> no, no, you go, you go. The podcast all about, what is it, productivity, personal growth, and finding happiness. I think those are like yep. the main three themes here. We should write that down. Yeah. That's in our new intro, which should be in this, in this, in this episode. We have an intro? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you meant like something that we say. I was like... Where's that? <laughs> um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today, ladies and gentlemen, we're so this is episode five of season two. Um, this is this season's mainly the theme of this has mainly been like post college advice on like things you need to get done or things you would tend to do. So this one is one dear to my heart and dear to Tim's heart. It's tips on how to invest in new technology or, or like the steps you take to actually like go out and buy new tech. When I say tech, I could, it, it, that's a very broad term, but the things that come to mind for me are usually like bigger purchases. I'd say like smartphones, laptops, tablets. Um, Say cameras. Cameras is a big one. And you could even apply this to buying a car because technically a car is a piece of technology. Yeah, um, I definitely include cars, but also like there's plenty of fun stuff. Like we couldn't list it all, but drones came to my mind. Yep. Um, and, and I guess the, the, the process or the strategies we're going to be talking about can apply to almost any tech product out there. It's the same. It's the same strategy every single time. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have like a tech focus, but this would apply to anything. Like, even if you're uh, like a sneakerhead, is there a better word than sneakerhead? Sneaker uh, guru. Sneaker guru, like the research you might do on a shoe. Granted, I think all sneakerheads are, you know, generally just any big purchase. And I, and so when we were thinking about this, what came to m about this episode it came to my mind because I know a lot of people graduate college and they're left with this like laptop or, or maybe if you brought a tablet throughout all of school, they're left with this like old laptop that has a gazillion files on it that's like slowed down throughout their four years. And I'm just speaking like to myself like this has happened to me and, and now they're looking to invest in something new um like usually if you work for a big company they'll send you like a computer that you can work off of that uh, that's separate because you don't get a choice in that like i think everyone should go out and like make a big like computer purchase on their own for their like own own home office i i think it's important to keep uh home and work separate yes like you can't be using your work laptop for just, you know, watching Netflix, watching YouTube, or whatever you might, you know, be researching if that's something that you tend to do. Yeah. and Planning it, a vacation, perhaps, you shouldn't be doing that on your work No, laptop. definitely not. And I think it's also good to have um, two separate computers because, I don't know, with the whole, like, work-at-home thing now, it's kind of like our, like, 
our life is now like intertwined with work. There's no like clear separation anymore. So I think that's one way to like help mitigate that or like help improve it by having two computers. It's like, I mean, this is what I do. I literally, my laptop's like right over here. I shut that and then I turn on my own PC. It's like, okay, I'm back to like my uh, leisure time. There was definitely talk about this before the pandemic, but then especially at the beginning, uh, when everybody was at home establishing specific places for each activity, like, don't hang out in your bedroom, your bedroom is for sleep, then, like, pick a corner of your house where that corner is for work. Mm -hmm. I think a computer, it's the same thing. It's an environment. So having those two separate environments, one that you do life and leisure at, and the other one that you do work at yep is important so i i don't know want just we can just hop right into it i guess just the tips that you and i use for for buying new tech products we have like very similar strategies i think we mainly mm -hmm. shop on when you buy big tech purchases i mean you're an apple fan so you'll buy directly from apple but other than that you're big on amazon yeah apple if it's an apple product I like going directly to Apple, but for anything else, Amazon, even if I have to pay a bit more just because of the convenience and the trustworthiness. Yep. I mean, I even, I had something $600 that that's the biggest package that ever got lost on Amazon and everybody's used Amazon. They know packages don't get lost often, but like that happened to me and it was very simple. I called Amazon and I had $600 credited to my account the next day. Versus, like, if you buy from any other seller, it's a little more uncertain. Right. I do also, I'll throw in Best Buy. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Best Buy nerd. Like, I love, that's probably one of my favorite stores to go to. Best Buy, I find they often don't have exactly what I was looking for, and I end up buying something else that has more shortcomings than I realized. I could see that. But also, when I say Best Buy, I mean in-person Best Buy. I wouldn't say, like, go on Best Buy's website and buy something there. As a, mm -hmm. like, I feel like online shopping should be Amazon, just with the, the shipping speeds and the customer service. You're not going to get that on other retailers' websites. Yeah. But, yeah, so when it comes to buying tech for me, and, and I bet you, you do the exact same thing, I'm pretty sure. There's two sources, and I already said one of them, it's Amazon, that you should be using in order to like ultimately decide on, is this a yes, I'm going to buy this, or is this a no, I'm not going to. Amazon, use that mainly for looking up prices. It's so easy to like look at um, a tech product and its competitors' prices and just like especially compared to like if you were to go to a store in person like how can you sit there and compare products because that store is not always going to carry every like every like brand of that product say like um or uh, of like headphones something like that you go on mm -hmm. amazon they'll show you almost like everything that's out on the market and you can compare those prices every headphone manufacturer wants to be on amazon right they don't know it but all the manufacturers of headphones, they don't know about every individual store out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like all these Chinese brands that, that sell budget headphones, no one's going to find them on their their website. Like, as you said, that's why they want to get on Amazon because that's where the eyeballs are. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like why we're on YouTube even as a podcast. 
Exactly. Because the most eyes are on YouTube. And you you actually just said the the second source. <laughs> it, it, it's actually YouTube. So I find so this is so after you've like narrowed down your search a little, like in terms of prices and 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 you looked at the descriptions of all these products on Amazon. Now it's time to really decide if 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 the majority of people give it good ratings, they're then therefore everything else equal it should be a good product i mean i know that's not always the case i know amazon does have problems with bots sometimes but normally if if a lot of people are giving if it's a good sample size of reviews and a lot of people are giving it four to five stars um then it ultimately should be a good product and the way to i don't go strictly just based on that number i that's why i use youtube as a secondary like review source that is because people on YouTube, I mean, like myself, when when we do a tech review, we go into so much more detail than any Amazon review I've ever seen. I mean, thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. There are also, there are a ton of professional reviewers on YouTube. The people on Amazon reviewing products aren't professional reviewers. Yep. It's also useful if, you can like check their subscriber numbers you know is this person does this person have a lot of subscribers because that gives you a sense of do other people believe this person to be trustworthy versus on amazon you have no idea like the individual credibility of any uh reviewer right what's that what's that thing they put on amazon next to a review it's like it's like certified review or something that like they have that i think that that doesn't say that much i think that just says that that proves that that person purchase that product and they're not just writing that review without actually buying it because you can do that on amazon yeah i have to i have to admit i've never really read an amazon review i've definitely checked like the the star ratios and everything but i've never read a particular review or if i have i don't remember youtube's definitely a go-to for me though yeah youtube's great and that's I mean, watching tech reviews for me, like, inspired me to make my own channel. And, and I mean, look what I'm doing right now. Um, Scott Tyler, go subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say the one thing you do have to watch out for on YouTube is if it's a paid or sponsored video on that product. That can sometimes maybe give, like, false impressions of the product. Mm-hmm. It's a little bias there. Um, that's why I do, I, I do like when YouTubers say like, this is an unpaid review. Normally they're like a little harsher on it. If you've noticed. Yeah. Um, how often though, do you think you buy tech that is a bit of a blind side? Like you don't really know what you're getting. That's actually a really good question. <laughs> My answer to that is anytime I buy something on eBay, <laughs> Um, which which I, I have done, and that's strictly for I don't want to pay a lot of money for this. <laughs> I've actually, I've never used eBay. Okay, it's 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 not like Amazon. Stressful. There's a lot of products on eBay where there's no ratings at all, and you just have to, like, take a guess at, mm-hmm. at if there's enough information in the description of the product and enough good pictures, then I'll buy it. But, yeah, sometimes I've had to make purchases with zero reviews there, and it's it's tough. I'd say the probably the 
riskiest I got where I was buying from brands I didn't really know was when I bought when I built my PC because I previously hadn't been very into like the PC market. Yep, same here. And I learned about a lot of brands very rapidly and was buying their products, you know, with only having known about them for a week or two. And it- so that was that was probably some of the biggest risks I've taken, but again because I was on Amazon, I knew it was fine. Yeah, so that's a perk of PCPartPicker.com, which which you used. I don't know this for sure, but like when when you go and you look at like the CPU section, for example, normally, or no, that's not a good example. Motherboards, like the best ones, will usually be at the top. It's not exact science, but like those are the ones that tend to have the highest reviews. Yeah, I mean. For most of, like, the individual spaces for, like, PC parts, motherboards, RAM, graphics cards, there's, like, eight or ten companies, and then if it's not one of those eight or ten, you know it's not that great. Yeah. And that's the thing. When it comes to a computer, and I guess this is helpful for the audience, when it comes to building a computer yourself and buying actual parts, that's when I don't think you should take a risk and buy from a no-name brand company like ever (laughs) i don't think it's worth it and another uh two tips i might have i don't know if you agree with this but i don't see any harm especially with your first pc build uh stealing from like uh youtubers who built it themselves like Mm -hmm. okay they use that motherboard i i don't see any problem with like stealing at least much of their parts list yeah i guess there's no issue with that i guess the only issue the only thing you could run into is this wasn't my own like i okay yeah i don't have any like sentimental value in this i haven't created any because i just copied it but um but when you think about it your build i'm guessing someone else out there like made that same build i or I don't know, there's a gazillion combinations for PC parts, so it's possible no one's actually done that exact build. I think I picked popular enough components that mine definitely exists quite a few times over, but... And I didn't copy exactly... What was... I had two things. So first, working off what other YouTubers did. I don't know. Perhaps it'll come to me. So so let's get into the, the second tip right here. And I already sort of mentioned it, but it's like the idea of choosing unknown brands as opposed to name brand. So I'd say there's certain situations where this is smart. If you most of these unknown brands are like Chinese brands. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the time I would not do this. I just buy the name brand because, you know, it's it's good quality. But at the same time, it, you could also compare this to going shopping at the grocery store or Walmart and buying great value over the name brand product or, or picks over the name brand product. You're taking a gamble. It could be really good. You could It could be really good value or it could be a colossal flop. Mm-hmm. I mean... I agree. The the other, you I'm still thinking about it, but how you might say that they're different is the FDA is checking the great value products and everything. 
though you're certain of like a at least a minimum degree of quality versus especially on youtube because i've never i don't think i've ever bought like small chinese brand as they're known on the internet um I don't know if I ever really have bought any of those products, but I've seen like tons of horror stories. Like as in the PC market, like you buy a... Have you seen like those Wish videos? Like Wish.com? Wi yeah, they like build your PC for you. No, so Wish.com is this budget website. It's like it's like the knockoff Amazon where it's you can buy things on there for like ridiculously low prices. Like they're selling like a GTX uh, 3080 Ti for like, graphics card yeah yeah really expensive graphics card right now it's like going over for like going for like two thousand dollars or something and they're selling it for like a hundred bucks on on wish like that, that's clearly not like the actual product but people still buy it thinking it is mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's the kind of thing i was going to talk about like the cpu like they'll literally take the actual CPU out of the casing of the CPU, and then you'll get it, and it'll even be like legitimate, yep. like Intel i9 1100K or whatever we're up to. Uh huh. But inside of it, it's like a 10 year old. Yeah, uh, I. It, it's a disaster, and that that does happen. Some, so I would not recommend buying off Wish. Mm hmm. But who knows? Maybe some people actually buy. 3080s and it comes brand new <laughs> like probably you stolen an, if, <laughs> you bought like enough of them i wonder if you could uh like one of them sell them and like cancel out some of the bad ones yeah but i haven't i'd say the only i know i i don't buy too many chinese like no-name brand products maybe like and to be clear these aren't like this isn't like an exclusively Chinese uh, problem it, it, of like these no-name brands. It's just that there's a lot of these in China yeah. right now because of the way that the market is evolving. Like less regulation in China than in the U.S. and other parts of the world. Yeah, so the, the exception with that rule is if you do enough research, then I'd say go for it. Like if you see enough reviews on youtube saying like this is actually a great value product it's super cheap but it's actually like provides value um and it does compete with the name brand one and you can hardly tell a difference i see that with microphones actually there are a good lot there are a bunch of good like no name brand microphones on amazon that can compete with like mine like blue yeti or or audio tech audio technica i think is another big brand one of the things about audio though is it's literally still in analog it's audio is not like a multi-variable thing like i was shocked uh i built a radio back in high school like did like the soldering and everything cool. and like the speaker like actually has like you know bass and everything but it's two wires it like the an electrical wire in electrical wire out and that's it like it's not speakers are still very basic electrical components if you get what i'm saying yeah and i think that's why there's such a variable there's so many companies in microphones and in speakers and in headphones 
But then if you get into something more complicated, like cameras, there aren't as many trustworthy brands. Yeah, for cameras, it's like, you you know which ones are good, and they're... Although I have heard of this, like, luxury camera brand. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but they charge, like, ridiculously high prices for their cameras, and I don't think the quality's any much better than, like, Canon or, or Sony. Have I ever told you what Sony stands for? Oh, you probably have, but I forget. No one ever thinks about that. Standard Oil of New York. Yeah. <laughs> When uh, Rockefeller's company, like John D. Rockefeller in the 1800s, when they broke up his monopoly, one of the companies that came out of it was Standard Oil of New York, which ended up migrating to Japan. And yet, yeah, it's not in the oil industry anymore. <laughs> but it's like funny how these things can change over time. So we have a famous quote here. I don't know who said this, but it was on this website I found it from. Um, and this has to do with functionality of your buying decision so it's a matter of buying what you need not what the company is telling you that you need it's funny my marketing class told me the exact opposite <laughs> so it's funny when you hear this quote what company do you think of definitely apple yeah I, <laughs> like i think steve jobs like he has a famous quote i'm gonna butcher it but basically the customer isn't always right mm -hmm. uh you have to tell the customer what the customer wants Right. Like if I think he said if if you had asked in 2004 what the Apple customers want, they would have said a better iPod. They wouldn't have said an iPhone. Yep. Which is which is true on the one hand, but I I think generally people know they want a computer, they want a phone. They might not know like what's even better than that. But So I guess this, I don't know, I, I guess we could, like, talk about this in terms of smartphones. Because every smartphone now has the basics. There's not really any, like, smartphone companies that are lacking in functionality. But I guess this, I guess you could relate this to the different levels of models you have for phones now. And that if you're not going to need picking on samsung here a hundred times space zoom on the galaxy s 21 ultra i think getting the base model is completely fine because that's like I, I i have what i need in that model i don't need these extra gimmicks that the company is advertising in their like promotion promotional or like marketing videos mm -hmm. and they really sell it to you they're like oh look how cool this is you need this even though it's a gimmick and then oh, what is it there was one gimmick with LG is notorious for this. LG's notorious. Do you know LG's well, not sm selling smartphones anymore? I did hear that, but very sad. I think you, I think you told me, and I was surprised the first time you did. But I think they always just lived in Samsung's shadow, and that's why yep. they would always have so many gimmicks. <laughs> they had this. Um, so the LG G8, where they had palm motion tracking. So like you would. Say so this is your phone, this is your palm. If you like put your palm here, you can like swipe or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you 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 could just like swipe on the screen. Like why why are we doing this thing with like our hands? Well it's like uh back, I don't know, like twenty fifteen or so. It might have been 
Galaxy S5 that there was like the eyeball scrolling. <laughs> you could like, do you remember that? I don't. Is that like it tracks your eyes? I'm pretty sure it was the S5. You could, you could like roll your eyes up, and it was like scrolling with your finger, and you would scroll. But it's like the kind of thing. Okay, but now you're not looking at your phone. <laughs> Did you did you ever see the LG Wing? I think that's what it's called. No, is that is that like a slide phone? That's almost what it. That's you're, what it sounds close. like. Close. It's the phone. It looks like a normal smartphone, and then you like rotate the front glass so it becomes horizontal. So you're left with a T, a T shape display. Mm-hmm. Which is like, why do you need that? <laughs> What brands of cell phone do you think do you think are worth buying from as a tech reviewer yourself? Great question. Um well, I I can't say LG because they're no longer selling smartphones, although I did have several LG phones and they're pretty reliable, but as you said, they kind of live in Samsung's shadow. Mm -hmm. Samsung is up there. Um I mean, if you're an iPhone user, Apple you know you're getting a quality product. I know it's OnePlus. Um, I, I I really like just because um, it's similar to stock Android and it's like the fastest charging out of any smartphone right now. That's that's good for Android users. I I used to say Pixels. However, I'm moving away from that just because I don't like what they're doing with the Pixel lineup anymore. They're making them like cheap and 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 like budget phones, which I liked when they were like competing with like the Samsungs and like the flagship class. But I think mm -hmm. I think they're realizing no one can really compete with Samsung anymore. Other than that, like how many smartphone brands are out there? I feel like it's like dwindling. And then you have like the yeah. Chinese the Chinese ones like Oppo um Xiaomi, Huawei. yeah, Huawei, Xiaomi. I feel like, but you people in the U.S. aren't buying those hardly ever, unless you're a tech reviewer. And the other problem, like just practically, because of the U.S. and China's inability to get along recently, you never know when one of those Chinese brands, like you're going to lose software support, right? Um. Yeah, I think it's as Apple and Samsung have just kind of claimed the top of the market, everybody's just falling out. I know it, it's sad because I think eventually you're going to get to the point where you walk in a Verizon or an AT&T or T-Mobile and I mean if you look like back 10 years ago, like the selection for for phones was like insane. Like there were just so many. And now I feel like you go walk in there now like there's they're so limited. They're, mm -hmm. they're basically like, okay, here's our, here's our Samsungs, here's our Apples, and then, like maybe an LG, but probably not anymore, and maybe a Pixel, but it's mostly covered by Apple and Samsung, and then the budget phones under or like in that category, which take up the whole store now. I think PCs are probably an even better example than uh, than smartphones. Because there's a lot that you don't need. Although at the same time, there there is what you want. And, and with PCs, I don't like... 
like for me i've always bought i guess way more than i need so i disagree in some ways i disagree i buy more than i need because i hate being limited i always find with every pc i've ever bought including my current one i have found within three months some task where i'm pushing it to its limit yep just because of the way that i use things like i i just keep adding more until i hit a limit so I would encourage people to get more than they would expect that they need. But the other thing with computers is I don't think most people know what they need. Most people don't really know what memory is. I guarantee you at least a third of people, uh, when they look in the memory section, if they're making specifications for a computer, are thinking storage. Yep. And, and if you're listening and you're confused about what I just said, storage is how many files you can store memory is how many files it can process at a time so memory another word for that is ram if you've heard that word mm -hmm. and that is why you go to youtube because on youtube somebody can explain that to you and help you make the best decision for yourself i got i got in a recent debate with my with my dad on this whenever i research something i use what we just talked about i use the amazon and youtube method where i just go back and forth and watch reviews um and he's big on like consumer reports have you heard of that is that a website or that's the thing i don't really know what it is it's like maybe like a journal article that publishes mm -hmm. like the top 10 products in a certain class something like that and to me, I, I don't think that's I, I, I don't think that's logical and, and, and like you're only seeing ten like and they write like a paragraph about each one in the list. For example, it'd be Although, like top ten like non stick pans right now in like twenty twenty one. I know that's not tech, but like that's an example. I don't know. Are there more than are there more than 10 popular non-stick pan companies? There's a there's a lot, yeah. Are are there's there more than are there more than 10 smartphone companies that you buy from? More than 10 laptop manufacturers? Again, I haven't seen these consumer reports, but to to play like devil's advocate, I'm not sure if in many industries anybody should be buying from anybody that's not in the top 10. So, I don't know I think there's a big, there's a bunch of variation because I don't think it's just like brands. I think it's also like certain products within each brand that they'll list. Mm -hmm. So like if they, like they, they could list like several Samsung smartphones that are on the top 10. Like with laptops, they might feature Apple twice and then they throw in perhaps two different surfaces and then hp and dell are splitting the remainder so a lot of years like they might not even have any dells or they might not have yeah, any hps so that... and then like there's also lenovo and toshiba that probably every once in a while get one in there but yeah so that's that's the issue here is it's such a limited selection of what they think is good therefore it in his logic is if it's not on this list it's not a good product my logic is 
that list is way too small and is not probably looking at every product on the market right now, or at least I think they're doing a bad job at, at portraying what a good product is. And so I say, here, I found this smartphone that's really good. I looked on Amazon, got really good reviews, good price. Um, I looked on YouTube, several reviewers said it was good. I think it's good. And then he'll say, it's not on Consumer Reports, therefore it's not a good product. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I would agree with that. If it's not in Consumer Reports, it's a bad product. But as far as the Consumer Reports, again, I, I do have to favor, like, generally, I think the top 10 products, like, the vast majority of people should be happy with one of the top 10 products. I, I guess the thing there is, though, those don't, they don't they don't take into account price at all like they completely eliminate that factor when it comes to purchasing something it's strictly like we think these are the best and if you want it you're gonna have to pay a fortune yeah i i mean i'd have to imagine they're taking in price because if they're not then like isn't the mac pro the world's best pc <laughs> yeah. and i I mean that like especially because I'm not aware of any other PC you can buy pre-built that's that good. Like you would have to build your own system. As far as I know, there's no other consumer PC that's pre-built that's that powerful. That's such a meme of a computer. $60,000 for a computer. <laughs> yeah, because it's made for Pixar editors. You need the how how much are the wheels? I think the wheels are only a hundred bucks. Oh, that's cheap. <laughs> well, on a sixty thousand dollar computer, <laughs> I mean it is really only. And the argument for the stand, it was all just presented wrong. They were like, you can get the stand for only a thousand dollars more. What they meant to say is you can save $1,000 by not getting the stand because apparently these companies already have the VESA mounts. Again, it's designed for Pixar. And they already have the mounts, so they don't need the stand. Yeah. I think they're also... Here's a good... That $1,000, as you said, is nothing compared to the total price of the computer. So it's almost like in poker when it's a, like a $60,000 pot and someone's betting 1000 Like, Are you really going to fold for another 1000 mm -hmm. Getting great odds. Yeah. MKBHD has Mac Pro and two Pro Display XDR. <laughs> I wonder if he edits anymore. Do you think he does? Uh, in his Skillshare course, he was showing him editing. And he talked in first person, so I think he does. I don't know if he's, like, their primary editor or if he now pays somebody else to do the majority of his editing. Mm -hmm. but he definitely still does some and i think he enjoys it like i think mkbhd's favorite part of tech i get the sense is videography yep so i think you can attest to this that always putting always spending a little more money for the higher quality product is always worth it in the long run yeah, I mean, Especially my if it's clearest only... example that I brought up before, when I underpaid for a car and ended up 
I bought a $4,000 car and I ended up spending $2,000 a year to keep it on the road. That was so much more expensive than if I had bumped it up to eight or 10,000 and had taken on a car payment of a thousand a year. It was so much more expensive to have a, a cheap car. And then with computers or phones, they're going to get outdated too quick. Uh, especially with smartphones, how smartphones just die after two years. Yeah. Like, why? Not two years. They die after about four years. Like, they really begin to show their age. So why would you buy a smartphone that's already two years old? Because then you're just going to have to buy another smartphone in two years. Right. No, I, I, I definitely didn't make that mistake when I bought the uh, S21. I was like, listen, the phone's coming out shortly. It's the brand new one. I may as well just get it. Like, I'm due for an upgrade anyway. I totally think people should get the most current phone every single time. Even if they get the budget variety of the most current phone, I don't think that they should get a, a phone that's more than a year old. Yeah, because it's not always... I think people like have this misconception that the processors will will start like um like losing their efficiency that quickly it's not as it's not really that it is slightly but it's mostly like the operating systems gets much more complex apps like get a lot larger so it takes a lot more horsepower to like actually run the run the whole um computer you don't realize what you're going to be wanting to do in a few years like uh the rise of like FaceTime and like, and now like we have like all these, and I guess nobody really uses them, but like the little mask things that you can put on and like FaceTime calls and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but even like what apps are doing in the background, you never realize what app you're going to want to use in a few years. Or like, I know more about Apple, all the processing Siri does in the background to predict what app you're going to want next. You don't realize all that's going on and how much your phone is spending doing all that yeah so i'm I, i've learned that lesson the hard way i'd say always just pay a little more just get the higher quality product because it's going to last you much longer than if you just cheap out and save a couple bucks i would say prioritize newer uh when it comes to tech but then also and then quality second i don't know that might be I can see that being interpreted wrong, but I just, I'm so against buying older technology. What's that? What's that debate in the smartphone industry? It's, um, do you buy a couple year old flagship or do you buy a new budget phone? A, a new budget without a doubt. And the other thing also, if you're buying from Apple, the budget has the same processor so you you're getting the same yeah. phone it's just wrapped differently yeah and i think when it comes to smartphones i think the cpu is the most important thing by far um so we hit on that yeah okay so this is a big one uh definitely cons whenever you're making a tech purchase say if you're a little iffy you're on the fence and you don't know if you actually want it or not and you've done all the steps we've already listed, it's okay to like reference other people and ask for their recommendations. There's a caveat there, um, assuming they know what they're talking about. And I don't know how often you've got, you have Verizon, right? Yeah. 
have you ever like asked verizon employees like for a smartphone recommendation or just listen to like how they speak about phones in general yeah so my mom back in when was the iphone 5 that would have been thousand i don't know 12 ish yeah 2012 ish uh my mom got recommended to get an android she had to uh, return that and switch over to iPhone within <laughs> within like six months. She had the uh, the original Droid briefly. Oh, those were classic. Those Motorola phones were so cool. Yeah, I think it was Motorola. Uh, I mean, so so again, I've always been an Apple loyalist. I don't really go in there with any degree of uncertainty. I just want, like I said, the newest iPhone because why would I an iphone that's already so close to its expiration date you get more years out of a new phone um i just go in there wanting the newest and usually i i don't really go into verizon with questions oh i know well i don't buy phones from verizon i learned my lesson because they all work off commissions there i don't think a lot of people like young people especially like our audience which by the way, our demographics are really spot on with what we, we were looking for. You look on YouTube and on Anchor, we're really getting those 20-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of them go in not knowing what smartphone they're going to get. Yeah. It was funny when I went to Verizon a couple years back and I wanted uh, LG G6. Researched it a ton. I mean, you know me. I, I did everything on this list and more probably spent way too much time researching but i knew that they didn't know what they were talking about because they referenced a specific part of the screen they called it an infinity edge dis edge display um and i was like okay they clearly don't know what they're talking about because that's a samsung thing like samsung invented like the infinity edge display that was how it like fell off the yeah. edge right and they were trying to tell me that LG had that on their on this phone, and I was like, okay, like this person doesn't know anything. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, I guess cars. I go in like a little less certain of what I want, um, but I've only car shopped the traditional way once. That was the first car, and I wouldn't really say the dealer gave me any bad advice. I went there with bad. Uh, with like a bad idea of what I wanted. My my budget is my budget for that purchase was a budget I would not recommend to anybody. Um perhaps you could get lucky in that price range. Uh and then the second time I shopped on Carvana, which is just so different than a traditional shopping method. But I definitely went to other people I knew, like I ended up buying a Volkswagen, so I asked a bunch of my friends who had Volkswagens, you know, do they like their cars and I did research, like some YouTube research, um, ahead of time. It was in the pandemic, so I couldn't drive anybody else's car, but. but yeah, I think it's always good to have that one, like, tech buddy who knows what they're talking about. I, I tend to be that person a lot of the time. People ask me for recommendations. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of have to be, considering I run a tech YouTube channel. Imagine nobody asked you. How would you feel? I'd feel <laughs> then I'd then I'd feel like no one values my opinion. <laughs>
I like to think I know what I'm talking about most of the time. Mm -hmm. I have, okay, just, I have made bad tech purchasing decisions in the past, but I learned from each one. What's your biggest tech nightmare of all time? <sighs> oh. I don't know if this is a, this isn't really like I bought something with an expectation. It didn't meet that expectation. I think I just made a stupid purchase decision. I thought I wanted like the Samsung Gear VR, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, oh, it's so cool. My smartphone will fit in it. Like VR is awesome. How many people at, and Gary V says this too, it's like how many people actually like sit there for hours every day and play in VR? No one. No one. It's cool in theory, but no one, it's not practical. So I bought it and never used it. It wasn't a bad product. I just, it was a waste of money in my opinion. You think VR has a future or it's like, remember 3D TVs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those died off. Yeah. I mean, there are some applications for AR, augmented reality. So that's uh, for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, you're still seeing the real world, but there's something fake in the real world. Yeah. Uh, so like, uh, I think blinds.com and overstock have options where like you can put furniture virtually in your house. So like you take out your phone, turn on the camera and like you're looking around your house, but you can like put that chair there and see how big it is and what it'll look like in that spot. I think that's a good use for augmented reality. And there's a handful of those. I just, you can't really game in VR because what if you run into a real world object? <laughs> exactly. You can't really game with it. And then outside of gaming, I don't really get what the, what any purposes could be. The Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix, like keeping people prisoner. Yeah. No, I'd say VR is like a very niche thing where it's only fun in short bursts of time. So I'd say like going to the arcade, that's when VR is cool. Other than that, you, I don't think VR should be taken to your house. You think Apple glasses are going to come out? Are those similar to like Google glasses? Google glass? Yeah, I think they'll be the rumors that exist, like a more reasonable price range. And by reasonable, I've heard like around $1,000, but hopefully working down to like the 600 price range eventually. And if you remember, iPhone started at a thousand and worked down to about six hundred. Yep. And then went back up to a thousand, but are coming back down. Uh. But hopefully a thousand, and then I don't really know all the features they would have. I think a lot like an Apple Watch, like a ton of widgets and whatnot. I could imagine like someday being able to do like cool Tony Stark stuff. But at the same time, is that really better than sitting down at a computer? Yeah, I think there's this big push to to uh, make more tech products that are wearable. You see that with um, watches, as you said, um, earbuds. I'm trying to think, what are the other big ones? I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but or VR, you could say that's wearable. Um, Another feature I've heard for Apple Glasses, which, again, it's all just rumor and not even, like, reliable rumor. You have no idea where these are coming from. Like, 
but they've talked about external displays for your monitors that are not even real. Like, you can, like, move your mouse over there and, like, you see your mouse. Like, why do you need a monitor in to use a computer? Yeah. And it kind of makes sense. Similarly, why do you need a keyboard? Oh, have you seen I, those laser-projected keyboards? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I would still want a keyboard, but... but so I'll go back to the original question. Yeah, do yeah. You think the, do you think these are coming? Like, the other rumored product is the Apple Car. I personally do not think the Apple Car will ever come. I think Apple's pretty smart at knowing what it, what its customers want, and, and I think their their strength is practicality. The Apple Television, similarly, yeah. So that stuff is a bit of a stretch for me. You'd think Apple glasses are are a stretch. Um, but why do we need an Apple Watch? Well, my question is like, what are those? What are those glasses like? What problem are those solving? ultimately they just want you to stop looking at your phone so much and be able to like see your notifications on the go without pulling your because they they think it's a a pain point to like constantly take your phone out of your pocket as somebody who owns an apple watch and will be purchasing another one someday uh i still check the time on my phone about <laughs> as often as i do on my watch like I've almost stopped using any features of my Apple Watch. It, it's kind of funny, honestly. Wearables, they're just so underpowered, in my opinion. Yeah. Because of size. Yeah. Um, right. But also, how do you interact with them? Can't really. Yeah. And, and what's going to be the interaction? They're going to put, like, a button, perhaps, on the side of the glasses. But other than that, are we going to go back to that old Samsung scrolling with your eyeballs where you... <laughs> Maybe. And if you have to wink, I can't wink, so that'll just be, be all kinds of bad. Yeah, so we have two more tips on here, but we've already we already kinda touched on the last one about practicality being the number one purpose for technology and not falling for gimmicks. And I think I think mm -hmm. YouTube reviews kind of like do a good job at weeding those products out that are strictly gimmicks. Um, but one thing that I think is underrated or is just replaceable batteries in general, just because it adds so much longevity to whatever device you have. You see this issue with laptops a lot of the time where the batteries will just deplete over time to the point where it can't even really hold a charge if it's not plugged in. Mm -hmm. I know that that happened to my Dell laptop, but it was almost a quarter of people. By the by, senior year of high school, not high school, college. Right. I think it's just you use it so much, and those battery lithium ion batteries are not meant to last forever. Although I think you can technically replace a laptop battery, but it it requires skill. It's not like just grab it and put in the new one and plug it in. It's more complicated than that. Companies are definitely trying to prevent people from replacing batteries because it does increase longevity um like apple but it's also like like when my i remember from like when i was a little kid like realizing like every toothbrush ever that i've ever bought was like battery is replaceable but i was like why would i replace the battery it, 
now I get like a new toothbrush. Especially like the bristles get all like beaten up over time. Right. And similarly with tech, it's like, okay, this is four or five, six years old now. It's not really able to do most of the things that the newer products can do. Is replacing the battery going to be worth it or is it time just to get a whole new device? Yeah, so you bring up a good point. Um, it, and people like buying new things, right? Toothbrushes so, to this day, every single toothbrush that's electric advertises how its battery is replaceable. I, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It is an issue. Toothbrushes go bad. And similarly, I think tech does. And Which think, is kind of a shame. We have to get better at recycling technology. I know. And this 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 uh this point brings up the LG G5, which that was the modular phone that they released. It was a complete flop, but you could swap out the battery. Actually, you could like pull out the bottom of the phone, rip out the battery, and put a new one in, and then you'd have uh, a fully charged battery. Really good concept in theory. However, modular phones shortly died after that. Um, you you, you can probably figure out why. Mm -hmm. what's that boat i'm looking it up now if you replace a boat plank by plank whose boat is that it's greek oh yeah i always I forget i ran i ran is uh darth sidious not darth Sidious. darth sidious's boat don't do goo's name you replace uh that is the ship of theseus I don't know, the with modular phones and modular computers, I always think about the ship of Theseus, which is uh it's like the ship of Theseus is supposed to ask like an identity question, like if you if you were to replace every plank of a boat one by one, is it still the same boat after the last plank is removed? Or is it a whole new boat? Um I mean, not that I care too much about the identity of a phone or, or a computer, but can you truly replace every part, or are you still are you still like throwing out the phone at the end of the day? Because you're throwing out all these old pieces, and then even there's going to be some piece at the heart of the phone. Like you're never going to replace the CPU, or once you've replaced the display, haven't you really? replaced most of the phone yeah and uh, yeah and that's why these most of these tech products are not made to last and i recommend people like look for products that actually do last and that's why i said spend a little more money for longevity but these companies they're okay with their phone like failing after a couple of years so they can just sell you the new one and people people always want the newest latest thing so People are quick to to say, oh, I have a s slight glitch on my smartphone display. Time to trash that and let's go buy a new one just because I get so much utility out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're kind of the only thing left that they can do to us is make our phones or our tech in general slower because it's funny, like when you look at displays, every display is perfect now yeah for the most part there's no such thing as a non-perfect display audio is essentially all perfect i mean for a hundred 
uh, for a hundred bucks, you can get perfect headphones. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not headphones, and perfect might be a bit too strong. Like there still is advantage for going further, but nobody's asking for more than what AirPods or Raycons or Galaxy Buds can offer. So all that they can do really is slow our devices down. That's all that's left. I, I don't think they do that. Oh, no, Apple did it intentionally, got in, got in a lot of trouble, but... They all did it. They all do it Yeah, they all do it. It happens naturally when they up, upgrade the software. Rarely will you see software updates that actually, like, improve battery life. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of what to add. It, it's like a complaint of the modern world, almost. It's a first world problem. Yeah, there's a... Uh, the fact that most people can afford this stuff is is already saying it's a first world problem. The more productive conversation, which is kind of outside of the realm of this podcast, is really how do we recycle this technology? Because I don't see this problem going away. You know, we're we're always going to want faster, and there's always going to be more processing to do in the background. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we should limit those improvements in the name of longevity of these products. So what we have to come up with is how to recycle these more efficiently. And perhaps return value to the consumer in that transaction. That is a great question. I think with that, I think we can wrap up today's episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, to Unwrapping Success. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we got some big plans for this podcast. Hopefully in season three. How many more episodes do we have in this season? Three more? Uh, three more, not including this one that we just finished. Okay. So we got three more. Um, and... Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get some people on our podcast, start doing some interviews like good old times. Uh, we have donation links in the description on Anchor and PayPal. You can sign up with Acorns using the link down below. Go check out all our equipment that we used on this podcast uh, from the kit link. And, oh, follow us on social media. Those are now up, both TikTok and Instagram. We post uh, some snippets of our podcast over on there. So we appreciate all the support. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe, shooting for a thousand subs. And what's our goal on our audio version? We don't really, we can't really see followers. We can only see like listens. Yeah, I mean, we've had pretty good linear growth. It's just turning that into exponential. Yeah, I think, I think one of my goals is 10K total downloads, um, which I think is very achievable. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, we'll see you guys on the next episode of Unwrapping Success. Hope you enjoyed it. See you on the next one.